Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody. Uh, we conclude what has been a, a very difficult week here in this country. Uh, that will be the focus of today's podcast. But let me first tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works has a fix for you. New Works is a full service plumbing solution, no matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, New Works has a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X Plumbing, for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. The podcast that I did on Tuesday centered around the racial divide in this country. I used examples of LeBron James' son, Bronny, going to the prom two weeks ago and the attacks that he was receiving on social media and from others jumping all over him asking why could he and why would he take a white gal to the prom Uh, a lot of the social media interaction was vile it was disgusting Uh, it was racist it was hard for me to fathom I talked about that I talked about Draymond Green's attack on Christopher Mad Dog Russo insinuating that he is a racist for the comment that he made on ESPN's first take with Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Redick saying just shut up and dribble. He's tired of Draymond arguing all the time. He's tired of his act. And Draymond for that basically went to the race card. I also talked about Tim Anderson of the White Sox and Josh Donaldson of the Yankees. And so I spent the podcast on Tuesday talking about how far our country still needs to go Uh, when it comes to race and the attacks that just continue to go on. I use the example of what happened last weekend in the St. Louis, Colorado Stanley Cup playoffs with Nazem Kadri, who ran into the goalie of the St. Louis Blues, Jordan Pennington, who was uh, knocked out of the rest of the series. And Kadri is Muslim of Lebanese descent. He was receiving multiple attacks threats, racist attacks. It was so bad, in fact, that the St. Louis Police Department had to station officers in front of the Colorado Avalanche's hotel. So I talked about that 
And I also talked about all of these incidents occurred in the month of May. And I kind of concluded the podcast by saying how sad those events were. And we also still had a week left to go. And who knows what could happen between now and the end of the month. Little did I know that hours later we would have such a national tragedy, a tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 school children lost their life, along with two teachers at the hands of a lone gunman. And Tuesday, I only did a 13-minute show on Listen App. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, we had some pretty amazing shows that I do. And if you're not familiar I'm on Listen App. It's very easy to download. You can go to listenapp.co, and I try to do a show every weekday at 3 o'clock Pacific. Sometimes I will change the start time of the show due to commitments, traveling, etc. But for the most part, you can find me on Listen App. I take phone calls, and it's a very interesting uh, program. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. And I had some remarkable phone calls, both on Wednesday's show and yesterday's show. And I thought today we'd go back and listen to some of the conversations that I had because I think what these individuals had to say resonate with everyone. I believe that what happened in Uvalde, Texas will end up being a tipping point to the issue of guns and mass shootings in our schools. Uh, Will we eradicate guns? No. Uh, Am I advocating law enforcement going to people's homes and confiscating their weapons? No, I'm not. But what I am saying is what we have been doing is not working. And the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, does not apply here. Because our way of living is broke, broke in, I should say. And we have to do something about it. I wish I had the solution. I wish I had the answers. I don't, but what I can do is I can open up dialogue. I can talk to you and you can talk to me and we can share ideas and that's a start. Opening up the lines of communication, differences of opinions, different ideas, and I had some remarkable phone calls over the last couple of days and it started with a man called Ryan who has a seven-year-old son who's autistic and his call was one that made you really stop and think how many of those conversations went on in homes across the country this week I have a seven-year-old he has autism and he's fairly high functioning but we knew I didn't want him to hear about the tragedy from his teacher from schoolmates, anybody else, and I knew we needed to have a discussion about it. And so, you know, we talked, and I actually shared this on Rome's show today. Um, I, I sat him down and I said, hey, you know, if this situation was to happen in your classroom, what would you do? I wouldn't be scared, was his response. And I said, well, why wouldn't you be scared? Oh, well, I can just hit reset, just like on my video games, and I'll have another life. And it, it was one wow. of the hardest conversations that I've ever had to, you know, partake with him in. And, uh, you know, this morning, he did not want to go to school. 
And quite frankly, I can't blame him. And quite frankly, I didn't want to send him to school because of what happened. And, you know, we, we talk about it, more information is going to come out, but the victims, it, it's just it, one, it's children. It doesn't matter if you're a child or you're an adult, it's a life. But children, you know, having their lives taken, they're so freaking innocent. And then you even look at the survivors grant and the survivors, they're going to be just as affected the rest of their life. You know, and it's just I I was talking again with some friends and, you know, I, 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 I just don't see a good answer to this and how this stops. That was an amazing call by Ryan. And again, I just wonder how many of those conversations have been going on in homes this week as parents decide whether, first of all, they're going to take their children to school. And if they do, what are they going to say to their children, particularly the young children that are asking questions? I then received a phone call from a gentleman in law enforcement working with the Sheriff's Department in Southern California, followed up by a phone call from Anita, who uh, is just an awesome lady. Uh, I've really gotten to know Anita pretty well. As a matter of fact, before I moved from Sacramento to Florida, my wife and I met her for lunch one day. Uh, She's fascinating. She's a teacher. I love her insight. I love her perspective. Let's now listen to both of those phone calls. Yeah, I just uh, I wanted to kind of maybe give my perspective uh, on on kind of the events of yesterday. I wanted to talk yesterday, but I was at work and couldn't. Um, uh, both both me and my wife are in law enforcement. Uh, we work for sheriff's department uh, down in Southern California, and um, I just wanted to you know agree with what you were saying is that you know anyone who brings forward you know we have we have a serious issue and anyone who comes forward and says definitively that they have the answer is is lying because there's not one thing that's going to fix a lot of this because it dissects a lot of things with laws with mental health with 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 all of that um but what i kind of wanted to do um was kind of twofold i wanted to give kind of a psa something that um, I, in the last two years have personally used that is a tool that's not only available to us in law enforcement, but it's available to anyone in the state of California. Um, back in 2014, I believe there was a a mass shooting. I want to say it was in Santa Barbara, but, uh, this precipitated a law. It's been on the books in California since 2014, um, it, it introduced what are known as GVROs long, long, long form. It's called a gun violence restraining order. It's a civil order and this is available to anyone. So if you have a friend, a family member, a relative, a coworker, an employee, if you're a teacher, if, if you have a student, if they're making any type of threatening statements, social media posts, um, any type of just kind of odd or violent, aggressive behavior, things that you notice, you can actually go onto the court website, fill out paperwork, and it goes before a judge. Judge can issue an order. If any of those, if those people that you're, that you're doing this to own firearms or have immediate access to firearms, the judge can issue an order ordering the sheriff to go seize those weapons from that person. And then this involves even too, if, if people have 
suicidal thoughts, suicidal statements, and they have access to, to weapons as well. This works the same exact way. The judge can issue an order. Those firearms can be seized. So I, that's something that I think, I think there were two polls that were conducted reference this where they gave people the language in the law and it was something like 95% of people in one 88% of people in the other absolutely supported what that is. But the problem is 99% of the public does not even know these things exist. And so, yes. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. You're the the first time I've heard of it. Yes. If you you go to uh, speakforsafety.org, it lays out all the information about what what meets the criteria for it even gives you links to the california courts website on how to fill out the paperwork what you need to do and you know is it going to prevent everything no it won't but you know what hey i mean we're we're in a situation now where i mean my god we got to do something oh wow if you don't mind me asking because of your expertise and what you do for a living Uh, We've seen reports in these last uh, uh, series of tragedies that the uh, shooters are wearing, you know, body armor. And in law enforcement Mm -hmm. now, when you are trying to take down an individual with an assault weapon with a body of armor, what type of challenges does that present to someone like yourself? If you're on a scene like that, I mean, I, it's just, it's hard for me. I've never had a gun in my hand. So you're speaking to someone that doesn't know anything about guns other than what they can do. But the point I'm trying to make is what, what kind of challenges does that present now to law enforcement? It's crazy. Oh, it's, it's, it's extremely challenging. Um, something like that. If, if, if someone's wearing, you know, tactical gear with, with body armor, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at something where, I mean, you, you, you have to take that threat down as fast as you can. And sometimes that means, I mean, we practice it, uh, in, you know, if there's a barricaded suspect, if there's any kind of hostage situation, we do certain tactical trainings and pretty much the only thing that's going to turn the lights off for that person is going to be a, a headshot. And that's extremely right. hard to do when one you're moving and two, you're under extreme amount of stress because, you know, contrary to popular belief in movies, you know, we can't shoot guns out of people's hands. You know, it, that, that just, if you know anything about guns right. or anything like that, it, it is a skill that you have to like anything in sports, muscle memory and training, you, you have to do it a lot. And, and even when, you, you right. know, if you're running, if you, your, your heart rate's accelerated, your hand coordination and stuff, it, it kind of goes out the window. And, but, but yeah, you're, you're exactly correct. It, it creates a very difficult, very difficult situation. But with, with these things, I mean, how many stories are we reading about these mass shootings where you get, you know, maybe a day or two after you get the story, who's the shooter? And, you know, they go through and they hear a long list of people that they talk to, coworkers, fellow students, uh, friends or something. And they all have the same kind of comment like, yeah, we've started to see this behavior and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, these tools that are out there. I know California has it. I'm not sure. Um, and, and, and even a lot of right. law enforcement agencies haven't really come privy to it. I've only was introduced to this maybe two years ago and have used it a handful of times for, um, people. Uh, the last one I had was a road rage incident where, you know, someone cut the guy off and he decided to get out of his car and point a gun at someone. 
And, you know, that to me, you know what you, you exhibit that kind of behavior of that, that, you know, you, you don't deserve the right to own a gun. So. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And I'm really happy that you brought this to my attention and those that are listening. Cause I've, I'm 62 years old. I've never heard of that before. So, you know, I learned something today and for that, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, stay so safe. It, it, it's something yeah. I, I think the state, the state and a lot of agencies did not do a very good job of getting the word out because like you said, I mean, all these stories that we read, you hear these about, yeah, he, he we noticed he was saying some weird comments, posting things on social media and that you don't have to be in law enforcement or a mandated reporter. It can be anyone. Anyone can file this with the court. And the court, it can get the courts involved. It has due process. If these people want to get their weapons back, they have to go through certain steps that the judge has to, whether it's a mental health evaluation, whether it's whatever, it, it can be anything that the judge decides. Sure. I mean, that it's a, a very, very valuable tool that we have. And um, so, yeah, it, it, you got to pass it along because, I mean, it, almost everyone I speak to about it, they've never even heard of it. Man, I really appreciate that phone call. I learned something there. And I think as we go through this process, we all can become further educated on some of the things at our disposal that we can do to try to help minimize and prevent these tragedies. As I said, a call from Anita will just send chills up and down your spine. Let's now listen to her phone call from Wednesday. Hi, Grant. Um, nice to be able to talk with you. It's, uh, my schedule has changed a little, so I'm not always able to catch it, but I was able to catch it today. And just kind of listening to what everyone, you know, is saying, and you're right, I am a teacher. And, um, you know, the first thing I had to do when I got to work this morning is we had to have an assembly, um, gather all of our students in. And, um, you know, we, we prayed uh, for the families, we prayed for the children um, who survived this, we uh, allowed any of the students who had questions or were having any kind of feelings or emotions, uh, you know, to be able to um, express themselves, ask questions and whatnot. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that, you know, we were able to do that, we're a small enough school that we could, you know, call an assembly immediately and, and have that time of prayer. But um, like many of- What age group do you teach? What age group do you teach, Anita? Um, I am, I'm the homeroom teacher for fifth and sixth grade, and I'm right next to our third and okay. fourth graders who are um, in the class, which is the age of, of the kids. Um, as you know, from yesterday, the majority, I believe, were third and fourth graders. Um, I do teach a couple of high school classes, but I'm, most of the time I'm with my fifth and sixth graders. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, as a teacher, you know, the, I have to think about constantly protecting these kids. I'm always watching out for any unusual characters that might come around. I mean, we know every parent, we know every grandparent, we know every sibling, aunties and uncles. So we know who is connected to each child. So whenever someone comes onto uh, the campus, usually they come through the office, uh, which is always locked. You can't get into the office unless you're buzzed in. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, we are aware of who everyone is, but there's, you know, even our school, as much as we've done, we've done as much as we can to have it um, as safe as we possibly can for our kids. That's why all doors to the outside are always locked. Uh, no one can get in unless we, um, you know, we have a buzzer. They can identify themselves. We can see them and we can um, and then allow them to come in. And, and we did that some years ago um, as a result of um, the shootings. But these are things we've had to do ourselves. 
we've gotten, you know, there's no funding to fortify our school. There's no, no anything. And, and, it, and, and, and Grant, it's very similar to, you know, what we had to do with COVID. We had to fortify our schools long before there was any funding. You know, we had to go out and do that. And that's just inexcusable that, like you said, and like the caller said a few calls before about, uh, you said what Joe Klein had said about, you know, we, we did something after 9-11. Um, we figured right. it out. So, you, yep. you know, and, and, and it's what I always say, I said, you're going to tell me we can put a man on the moon. We can funnel all those resources to NASA to accomplish this monumental task, but we're not willing to do the yep. same thing to at least make it more difficult that something like this could happen. We may not be able to stop it, but if we can save one kid, Grant, then it's worth it. If we can save one life, yep. then it's worth billions of dollars. Yes, it is. And Anita, we can minimize this. Can we prevent it? Totally? Probably not. But we can certainly minimize it. And as you pointed out, the fact that you have to fortify your own schools without any funding is part of the problem right there. Schools should no longer be taking a backseat to the problems in this country. Schools need to be coming to the forefront. And this country needs to make a commitment that enough is enough. And here's the necessary funding for right now to do a better job of giving you as a teacher and schools around this country what they need to protect themselves. That's a start. That's a start. You as a teacher and your fellow teachers should not have to take it upon yourself to do that. That's wrong in my opinion. And it's one of those things I'm out in the playground and I'm watching my children, they're running, they're laughing, you know, they're having a good yeah. time with their friends. You know what I'm doing? I'm watching. And I'm thinking wow. if there's an active shooter, where am I taking these kids? And they know, they know where to go. What, what's wow. the safest way to get them all inside? What I, I even so much as to think we have these huge garbage cans out, outside where, you know, they throw their trash. And I'm thinking, could I put one of those in front of me, push it out to get a kid who maybe is trapped or shot and drag that child? To, I'm thinking that deeply about this. Wow. That's amazing, Anita. And I, you know what? It's sad is what it is that you have to think about that when you're at work. But that's the life or excuse me, that's the society that we live in today. And I'm sure that Anita, I mean, um, my brother and his wife just retired from teachers uh, at a high school on Long Island in the last four years. And sadly, they told me the same thing that they had uh, they had. I guess, practice what they would do in those situations and, you know, how they would handle it. And um, always, as you said, looking over their shoulder and looking outside and always being aware of their surroundings. And I just can't even imagine trying to teach your curriculum, particularly for you with young children and, and, and having to deal with those things at the same time. But uh, bless you, Anita, for, for, for doing your job above and beyond. Um, I just, I can't thank you enough for sharing those thoughts today. I re I really can't. You're awesome. You know, I think you're awesome. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, and it's something I just feel for the, the teachers who had to go through that or any teacher yep. or, you know, any difficult situation that someone has to go through. But when there's things we could do to make things better and we don't, yep. I think that's where the frustration comes in is that we're not doing anything. So maybe we can't do everything, but we can do something. And that's what I want to see happen. Just take a step towards making it a little safer and then take another step and then take another step. But like I said, yep. everything was going on before Grant. We can't, um, this is hard, but we can't let it make us hard. We just have to keep fighting 
um, to get some kind of results. And as long as we're all breathing, I think we're all going to keep fighting. And, and you're doing that with your show and giving everybody this platform. And so let's just, you know, let's keep our hearts light, everyone, and just continue to send good thoughts and love and the peace that passes all understanding to all those who have gone through this tragedy yesterday and any time in the past. And so thank you again. What a phenomenal lady Anita is. I'm so blessed and proud to call her a friend. I'm so happy that our paths crossed. Just amazing what our teachers are now confronted with on a daily basis, the safety of the children that are in their classrooms, their schoolyards. It's amazing. An amazing perspective. And I want to thank Anita again for sharing that with us. Then yesterday, the show opened with a call from a gentleman named Andy. And I thought his call was very interesting because I made this comment. I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but I believe that the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas will be a tipping point. I think that people are finally coming together and they're saying enough is enough. And we can't forget what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and we need to continue with the pressure and this open dialogue and our communication because what we have done in this country in terms of protecting our schools, it is not working. And if we can't all agree on that, then we have even a larger problem that I even imagine. But I thought the call from Andy shed some light into why I think the tragedy in Uvalde will truly be a turning point. I listened to your show yesterday and um, I was trying to avoid it, the, the, you know, the commentary because it was so sad. I was on a long bike ride and I listened to it and I thought you did an excellent job and your guests were very thoughtful and informative. And so I, I thank you for that. Well, thank you. A um, couple things. Um, I am definitely on the uh, right side of the political spectrum. I'm a gun owner. Um, and it frustrates me that people of my political ideology just seem to take a very all or nothing approach, you know, to any sort of um, modification of their position. And so I just want to share with you a couple of things that I've shared with friends of like minded people. And I was I expected them to push back and they didn't on a couple of things. And I thought you might find this interesting, given, again, where most people consider me, you know, a wing nut, as they put sure. it, right? <laughs> so, first off, <laughs> right. I'm a gun owner, and I have a gun safe. And the only one who knows the combination of gun safe is me and my brother who lives in another state, because I take full responsibility for those guns. And even though my I'm an 18-year-old and I have 24-year-old and 25-year-old, I, if they asked me for a combination, I wouldn't give it to them, because... That's how dangerous I know that they are and how someone at their weakest moment could do something themselves or do something to other people. And, you know, people have to take responsibility when they own guns, right? Like number one, right? And so with that, I think there should be some liability, um, if, you know, to parents who don't safeguard their guns. I mean, real meaningful, like liability where people, you know, would, would be more hesitant about having a gun if they wouldn't take the proper steps you know, to, to keep it away from young people or, you know, thieves or whatever. Right. So that's number one. So liability um, for that. N- number two, in most of these states, even in Texas, you have to be 21 to have a handgun, but only 18 for quote long gun. And I just, I think, you know, especially when it comes to an AR-15, if you're saying that, you know, at, at, at 18 
or you know, 20 years old, you're not old enough to have a 22 caliber pistol, but you can have a you can have an AR-15 because it's a long gun. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no, it doesn't. And and if you want to have one when you're younger, then you you know if you show that you've been in the military or you're you know you're a young police officer or or maybe a person would uh, an adult would take would bond you know basically sign off on a bond saying I'm responsible for this right this person's under 21 I'm uh, sponsoring them in terms of getting this and if they screw up it's on me people would take the, that responsibility a lot more seriously if they did that so that's number two okay okay let me interrupt let me interrupt for one second because i i found this to be fascinating i'm going to add something else to this and just for to be transparent i've never had a gun in my hand i heard you every yesterday yeah but but every single one of my friends have firearms and multiple firearms from pistols to assault rifles but they've all gone to training they yep. all know how to use their weapons yep. and like yourself they keep them in a locked space so how about if you're under 21 and you buy any firearm and i know we're uh, for right now i'm keeping it under 21 maybe we can extend the age but i'm just sure. for sake of conversation okay. how about in order for someone to have a firearm they must take a class similar to getting a driver's license okay where you go under a certain class you then get the license to have your weapon. And while that is going on, there's background checks, there's everything else. And and if the instructor or the school, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing here, deems that the person is not fit to have a firearm, then they right. don't get their license. You know what I mean? So again, I'm speaking in very broad terms, but how about that? But anyway, go ahead. I totally agree. Um, also, there's a very smart guy, pretty famous venture capitalist guy, very liberal dude who put out a suggestion. I'm giving you things that I agree with. So I feel like if I agree with them, then, you know, maybe some people, you know, politically would feel like, hey, there's, you know, it's safe to, you know, get in the pool here. Right. And he right. said, yes, you know, you know, maybe for certain weapons, see, I, I distinguish between, you know, a bird shotgun with, you know, two shot shotgun and an AR-15. I own AR-15s. I enjoy owning AR-15s. Right. Um, but, if they said, you know, you, you know, you have to take a training class on this. It's not, this is not a 22 caliber, you know, squirrel gun. You have to acknowledge there's a difference there. Right. And to your point, those people could then look for like sort of erratic behavior or irresponsible behavior or whatever. Okay. Sure. So we're agreement on that. These are all things that, you know, could marginally move the needle. And then your friend Anita yesterday, if we got $40 billion for the Ukraine, we ought to have some money to harden these schools or put, give retired military, pe people who've seen combat, right? And say, okay, the federal government's gonna fund this. You get a you get a $20,000 tax credit if you put in, you know, a thousand hours or whatever, uh, you know, you'd be certified sure. by the local sheriff. And the federal government could sponsor that, right? And it, so that, I think hardening the schools, um, you know, and and providing the same amount of safety we do at you know banks and sporting events. It's it just it's just crazy to me. And then lastly, you know, oh, oh, one more thing. The last two horrible deals here have been again eighteen years old. So maybe it should, maybe eighteen is a bit too young. If you can't have a beer, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have an AR fifteen. I just want to thank all of you 
for your support. For those of you that took the time to call my show on Listen Up the last couple of days, uh, dialogue is important. Uh, we need to put our arms around one another. Uh, our prayers and our thoughts go out to everyone in Uvalde, Texas, and particularly uh, the moms and dads uh, and the loved ones that lost their children and the two teachers in that tragic shooting on Wednesday. But as I said, I'm happy that we have a forum on Listen App Monday through Friday that we can kind of talk and uh, kind of help one another. Uh, and while we're helping one another, our prayers continue to go out again to those in Uvalde, Texas. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Grant. The thing that, once again, has come to the forefront the last couple of days is the division in this country. It's so hard to fathom that people are not willing to do what's right. You know, again, I keep on saying this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's broken, and it needs to be fixed. But the politicians don't want to come together. They don't want to do what's right for the country. And as I said... I'm not advocating you having to hand over your weapons, but what I am advocating, and I think we heard from some of the calls on the podcast today, is that we need to do something because what we're doing right now is not working. And it's everyone's obligation in this country to protect our children. But I don't know how we're going to do that if people always are looking out for themselves and their self-interest. Sometimes you got to put your self-interest and what's best for you aside and do what's best for the masses and do what's best for your country. It's time. And we should demand that from our elected officials. We need change, period. We must have change in this country. We must minimize what is going on with our mass shootings. We're never going to stop it completely. We have to be realistic, but we can minimize it. But we're not going to minimize it if we sit around and do absolutely nothing and say, well, you know, it's the Second Amendment and this and that. No, we need change. Enough is enough already. Enough is enough. And with that said, I'll get you to the weekend. I hope that you stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. Think about those that are going through unimaginable pain in Uvalde, Texas this weekend. Don't stop praying for those folks. Don't stop thinking about them. And don't stop communicating about what we all can do to make this country better. Thank you very much, everybody. Again, I cannot thank you enough for your support. So long. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.